Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we're talking to Lisa and Lisa actually wrote in saying that she's struggling accepting where she's at in her life. And you specifically said physically and metaphorically. Um, Sounds like you got divorced last year. You're living back at your mom's at 31 uh, and that you're trying to approach dating in a more mindful way. And it's a struggle right? Mm. As it is for so many of us. Um, and the question I love that you, you, you kind of put at the end of it was, am I uninterested or am I just not used to this type of dating? Mm. I love. I'm like, <laughs> I could insightful. not be more curious. <laughs> I know. Um, so, you know, why don't you take us through like, where are you at right now? So you're at mom's house, like you are actively dating, just kind of give us a synopsis of, of what's coming up for you in this moment. Yeah. It- it kind of goes and ebbs and flows. Like there'll be like a week or even days go by and I feel fine. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of like this anxiety builds up with it, this expectation that I need to be in a certain place or I need to be doing something on top of dating and recovering from the last relationship. I've also been trying to buy a house. So then it's mm. this, well, I should be living on my own by now. And mm. I, you know, I'm only living to a certain degree because I have a shared space and I feel like I need to be on my own to accelerate where I'm at because I feel like I've done a lot of recovery from where I was before, but it just seems like I can only do so much because I don't have my own space. I'm still sharing it with family um, and I don't have that, I guess, that independence that I truly desire. Hmm. I want to ask you, because you've said this a couple times, where I was at before, where I was at before, 
Where were you at before? Mm-hmm. So let's see. Well, one year ago, I had separated from my husband and my ex-husband. And two years ago, we were living together in Kansas City. And it was really rough. Like I was going through depression and anxiety. And I, I was going through all these feelings, but I didn't know why I was feeling that. And then later that year, we separated and then got divorced last year. So where I was before was in a very unhappy place, but I didn't know what were the things in my life that were making me unhappy. So mm-hmm. having done a lot of reflection over that time, especially the last year, and being able to recover from that relationship, and I feel like I've been able to do a lot of work and identify what it is that I need to feel better and kind of bring out the joy in my life and um, not feel like that ever again. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I feel like whenever I um, hear about a marriage that has ended and that there was like um, anxiety or depression that I was experiencing or that I felt a lot of, um, you know, struggle, a lot of times I think that was sort of my internal GPS telling me that Mm -hmm. something about this relationship wasn't right for me. Right. Um, And I don't know. I feel like I I hear that a little bit as you're talking about it. And I wonder. what sort of like relief you felt in this period of time? What, um, what are some of the, the takeaways or the things that I understand now that I didn't understand while I was in the midst of it? I think I understand more to listen to my body mm-hmm. and even my gut a little bit more because I think that there were some signs of things that were wrong from we were together for 10 years. So even from 10 years ago, there were just little things that I just kept moving forward with it even though in some ways it was like this, this gut feeling that was kind of telling me like, whoa, whoa, like, you know, don't proceed. But I didn't know to listen to that. So I feel like I kind of have a better understanding of how to listen to that gut feeling more. Um, and then also, I think as I was beginning to do some work near the end of the relationship, I realized that there were things that it wasn't supposed to be that way. Yeah. It's interesting, Lisa, what you just said about, you know, there were um, feelings I had in my body that indicated that this wasn't right, but I just kept going and I just kept moving forward. And a little bit, I hear an instinct or a desire to keep moving forward with life right now. Yeah. And I'm wondering about um, what it would feel like to use this as an opportunity to sort of drop into that practice of being where my feet are being in this moment without, you know, the ability to know um, what forward momentum is going to look like, feel like what things are going to look like, I don't know, three months, six months from now. Um, This is a transitional period for you, it sounds like. And I hear a little bit of resistance to being in what, you know, V always talks about is this liminal space that we're in. Um, Like wanting to rush through it, right? Like this part's uncomfortable. I don't know what this is. I can't put words to it. I need to rush through it. Like there's discomfort here that I need to get over quickly. Um, And the fact that I'm feeling this discomfort or the fact that I'm feeling this, I don't know, or this stuckness somehow means that I'm failing Mm -hmm. at life versus actually, this is the time that you're actually learning the most. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not like a tangible, like poof, do this thing and you'll feel better. But (laughs) You know, that's, that's kind of what we've seen so many times just in our life school personally, but also just working with so many people over the years. It's like, this is what they say when you're in between, Mm. when you're betwixt in between, when you're in this liminal place, it is actually the hardest place to be in. And 
this is where the lessons and the growth actually take place. Yeah. And that sounds about right that that's me trying to just rush through it and, you know, not feel uncomfortable. I think that that's a pattern that I have, like whether it's a feeling of anxiety or a feeling that I have and it's like, okay, got to get over this so that I can feel better and not <laughs> to mm-hmm. linger on with this feeling of whatever the negative emotion may be. Um, but but yeah, I've tried, I've been trying to do that. And I think that that's been, I, I did it really well last year, whenever I first separated from my husband and it just felt like I couldn't see anything into the future. I'm a very futuristic person and always planning. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't see past like, a week ahead. It was also mm-hmm. the beginning of the pandemic. So that was contributing to it as well. But it was like, dang, like I can only live my life a few days at a time. Cause I can't even see what six months from now looks like. So now it's kind of like, you know, I live in Arizona, so the pandemic kind of been winding down for a while, but it, it, people are resuming back to their life and everything's kind of normal around me. And it feels like I'm still stuck in a place that no one else is in and Mm -hmm. I'm still dealing with stuff. And um, so I just kind of go in each day kind of live with us, but there's every now and again when it just gets to me, it's like, like I can't get out. Yeah, I, I want to ask, like, you you made mention of that time period, which for a lot of us was similar, right? Like, we had no idea what tomorrow was going to look like, let alone a week or a month from now. Um, when you first mentioned that point in your life, I almost, I, I heard some, like, positive, I don't know, there was some, like, positive energy around, like, oh, the, for the first time in my life, I was living in the moment, and I mm-hmm. can only see two days ahead of me. And then as you kept talking, it flips to like a negative where it's like, and now I'm still in that place and nobody else is. And, and in my insides are going, um, hold on to that. <laughs> That's amazing. Don't let it go. But I don't know. How does that feel to hear me say that? It's a good reminder to myself because I know that that's something that I need to do because I tend to always be in the future and not be as present. So I'm actively trying to do that and um, be grateful for the moments that bring me joy right now and not see so much in the future. But I, I do tend to get caught up on this wheel of like, gotta keep going and like, what's next, what's next? So I think that that's just a, a default mentality that I have within that I kind of have to work again. Yeah. And I mean, you're not alone in that, Lisa, right? Like we are a society that wants us to move towards the destination, towards mm-hmm. the, like, you know, the finished result. Like that is what is so conditioned into us. And so it makes a lot of sense to me, as I hear you say, you know, I see everybody else sort of in this mode of like, let's get back to normal. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. on to the next thing that I start to feel like I'm losing some of what I had dropped into in this last year, which is like really being present with the unknown and the, um, the space of taking time for myself to discover. And I think it is a practice to sort of go against the grain of what society teaches us we need to do and be, because I think a lot of times that is the initial thing that for so many of us, I'll raise my hand on that one as well, sort of got us caught up in this, Mm. um, this pattern of detaching from ourselves, self-abandoning and doing the thing we're supposed to do versus the thing that actually feels true for me is this is what society has conditioned me to believe I need to be doing versus me really taking the time to slow down and tap into truth. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I've discovered too, is that I put a lot of pressure on myself to be productive and to 
you know, anything that I put value on, I have to be like good at it. And so that's, that kind of goes with the taking a step back and accepting where I am, but then also recognize like, okay, we don't have to evaluate each day by how much we get done in that. Mm-hmm. And so it's all, it's all so new to me to do this. So if you have any um, steps on things I can actively think about or um, what I should do to remember that each day because that's, that's been a challenge for me because like usually it'll get to like 8 p.m. and I'm like well what did I accomplish today mm-hmm. or I did not get nearly as much done as I mm-hmm. thought I was going to. Productivity as a measure of worth right yeah and also even just in you asking what can I do to make this better <laughs> and I'm like well <laughs> help me fix that guys um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I feel like I I have such a Capricorn energy and I like had a moment of this this morning, you know, like that I have to make it a practice to remind myself that it is okay to be and that um, I am not what I am accomplishing. I am not what I am doing. And that a lot of times the most profound work I can do for myself is surrendering the need to accomplish something. Um, you know, Vanessa and I come from a depth psychology background. So a lot of what that stirs up for me, as I hear you say that is sort of like, I want you to sort of zoom out on your life a little bit, Lisa, and think about in these moments, like, what can I tap into in terms of existential principles, maybe spiritual principles? I don't know, um, what kind of like spiritual practices or beliefs you have, but I find that in those moments that I am like really needing to do something, um, to feel like I need to have like a tangible result that I am being productive. That is when I am most disconnected from the higher truths that I know about life. Um, and I'm like really caught up in the physical realm versus like when I am in this like spiritual space of like the bigger things I believe, like what will matter when I um, am at the end of my life, um, which is like, you know, the, the legacy of like how I treated people and how I showed up in the world and, you know, the presence that I had and the relationships that mattered the most to me. um, Those are the times when I need to sort of zoom out and say, but okay, but like big picture of my life, Mm. what matters most to me? You know, Mm. how's that feel? (laughs) That's a good way of looking at it. Because I think that it's, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the grind of daily life, but not think about that bigger picture of what's most important. Yeah. And sometimes thinking about that bigger picture comes to us in the moments of, so like an example, because I, I find I'm, I'm very similar to you in this um, and, and what you're, t- what you're describing Lisa. So it's like, if I get myself into a situation where I'm doing, 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 and I'm accomplishing and I'm not feeling like I'm doing enough, which leads to me not feeling like I am enough um, if I can catch myself in that, it doesn't matter actually what is on my plate that needs to be accomplished. But in that catching of myself, in that exact moment, if I can just push back away from my computer, pause whatever's going on, slip on some shoes, and take a five minute walk outside and a mindful walk. So, walking through the grass, you know, if it's available, even like walking barefoot in the grass noticing the way the trees are blowing in the wind, noticing the way the light is actually filtering through the leaves, smelling the smell of spring in the air, maybe hearing the birds, you know, a couple trees away, like getting very, very present and mindful with what's happening in this moment around you. That in itself is actually a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it doesn't have to be me pulling back and saying like, well, what's going on with God, right? Like, it, it's like sometimes, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm minimizing, but you know, like, sometimes no, I think it's hard. Like, what is going on, what is going on with God? <laughs> I think it's hard sometimes, like that doesn't feel tangible to me. And so for me, I need to like change environment. I need to like get really mindful. I need to be in my body and I need to be like with what's going on around me in nature in particular. Or for me, sometimes it can be with my kid, right? Like mm. really getting on the floor with her. Absolutely. sitting down and saying like, we're going to play for five minutes, like super connected, but it's really just shaking it up. It's like, you're so in your head in that moment that you need to like shake it off um, and, and reconnect to what's bigger. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I think those are the tangible ways that we mm-hmm. drop into like higher S yep. self um, and spirit and source. And yeah, like, you know, I love to say like, sometimes that can be like mindfully taking a shower, like going totally. in, like completely allowing mm-hmm. myself to feel the drops of the water, the sensation, yeah. the the, the temperature. The mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but whatever brings you back into that state that Vanessa was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this sounds very therapeutic. And I have gotten to do a lot more walking <laughs> And just the middle of the day and taking advantage of that over the last year and uh, being in a place where it's always nice but um, outside so I have that advantage and going on some hikes too but um so I like that a lot. Yeah I want to put words to the fact that if if you it sounds like you are I don't want to say if but being the kind of person that goes 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 does 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 you are not going to allow your life to pass by and live at your mom's house forever. It's just Mm -hmm. not going to happen. Like you have to have faith in the fact that that's just not who you are, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you can't crowbar it into existence in this moment, it doesn't mean that it's going to be your forever. It just means that it's what's going on in this moment. And really this idea of pulling back and looking at it from like a, a macro lens, there are greater things at play that you are not privy to necessarily yet. Um, that you might be, being called to look at and strengthen and become more aware of um, before that block can be released so that you can move into the next tangible thing in your life. Um, and sometimes when we get so caught up in like, I'm just using the thing with your, you know, living at your mom's house, like I can't, I have to live on my own. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm stuck. We're so caught in that loop that we're missing the rest of it. And until we see the rest of it, we actually can't get out of that loop. Does that make sense? So it's like you're you're cutting your mm-hmm. nose off to spite your face, like my mom would say. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, and that's really challenging me to to, to take a step back to because yeah, because I think it, I think December this year will be two years that of me living with her, and in my head I'm like two years, like you're living with your mom for two years, like you got to get out so it's there's like that internal voice like back there just telling you that um but I think I see exactly what you're saying to just take a step back and you know just keep working (laughs) working through things so I don't miss anything and just keep going on that vicious cycle yeah because you know I find a lot of times that I should be somewhere other than where I am is a statement that's based on what I'm afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever we're in the space of fear, what I believe we do, Lisa, is we start to block our chi, Mm -hmm. right? Which is like our life force, our intuition, our imaginal creative abilities, and all of the energy that could come to us, you know, um, 
the inspiration or the ways that I would get out of my mom's house, I'm blocking all that energy because I'm just so like crippled and sort of like um, in the constriction space of fear. So if I, you know, to the point that Vanessa was making sort of say, this is this season of my life. Mm -hmm. This is not what this will be forever, but this is where I am right now. Can I be Mm -hmm. in deep acceptance of this being where it is right now? Have faith that, you know, when it is the right time, I will be um, on the next steps of my journey living where, you know, I'm supposed to be living next, but just in that space of surrender so that I can like start to be in the, um, the rhythm, the vibration of trust a little bit to me. Yeah. Cause surrender, by the way, is not an inactive thing. It's not a state of being inactive. Surrender is actually very active. Um, and I'm sure, you know, very difficult, right? So for, I think for a lot of us that are like, do, do, do the idea of surrender feels like, but I'm not doing it's like, no, actually (laughs) you're actually doing a lot more than you realize. Yeah, the whole concept of letting go, as you can imagine, makes it sound for me. <laughs> but I've been learning a lot about that and trying to apply that and just let go and you know not let let that bother me. And um, so I think I can apply that here too. Or let it bother you, mm. and then notice that it's bothering you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if it bothers you, that's your truth, and that's what's happening in that moment. And if we try to not let it bother us, we're actually still not living with what's happening. We're not living in the truth of what's going on. That's not surrendering actually. Yeah. I'm glad you caught that because I think a lot of times when we speak about like surrendering to what is or like letting like people hear us, not people, but like, and even we, like it will feel like what we're saying is stop allowing yourself to be, just don't be bothered by it or like, Mm -hmm. don't feel what you feel. And of course, like I can feel frustrated. I can feel sad. I can feel like I long for, yeah, something different than what is. I get to feel all those feelings. And what is the conversation I'm having with myself around it, right? Like, can Mm -hmm. I be in the practice of surrender? Mm -hmm. So how does surrendering come into play when it comes to dating? Oh, so glad you asked. I was... (laughs) I was literally, I was like, can we circle back to that dating conversation, Lisa? Um, You know, it's interesting because I was thinking about it as Vanessa was talking and I was thinking how many of those same principles apply, right? And listen, not everybody has the same um, point of view. Some people think you need to be like making checklists and, you know, on all the apps with like a certain number of hours each day (laughs) that you're like circulating and, you know, to each their own, to me. What I believe is same principles apply, right? Like I drop into the space of trust that the right person is coming into my life. And if I just sort of allow myself to be as present as possible in my life without expectations of what should be happening in my love life, and that, oof, oof, is that the practice? Mm -hmm. Um, That things start to come, right? And I think that, you know, like when I'm on dates, you know, you were speaking about like starting to date a little bit, can I really be present with what's happening versus what this should be, right? Like I should have a certain Mm -hmm. type of person in my life. This person isn't that, so cross them off the list, right? Or this is the type of person I'm looking for. I don't know if they're that, so I don't even know if I'm going to say yes to the date, right? Like, can I be open to Mm -hmm. the universe is bringing me whatever I need? And I can't wait to see what the universe brings. 
feels very different than I should have this figured out by now. I'm going to be alone forever if I don't, <laughs> you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, but you tell us, like, how does that feel? And, and what is dating feeling like for you right now? Uh, similarly, I feel a little anxious about that, but I feel like I've been doing better than I had done before. Let's see, I was on dating apps at the end of last year, but then I took myself off because I just felt like it wasn't becoming a joyful activity for me to go on the apps and, you know, see what was out there. And I had felt like some of the, the men that I was meeting were not really like I guess the quality of men that I want. And so I took myself off and I was starting to apply a more mindful approach and just, you know, continue focusing on me. Um, and I haven't only been on like two dates, I think, with the same guy and then recently. Um, but before that, I hadn't been on a date since November. So there, it's been very, very few and far between. But with the, the individual that I'm sort of talking to seeing right now, he's not anything I would have ever expected me to be interested in or like for someone like that to, to come into my life to just express interest and so I was like okay let's let's go forward like let's see what this is about um because I wanted to explore and like you know kind of feel this out and not just like rule it out from like one thing that I know about him and think that that wasn't okay he's not the one because of this so he's, he's actually 14 years older than me and he's a dad of two girls um and and he's a different race than me. So that was like something completely different. I've um, never dated someone that looks like him before. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm just kind of exploring it and taking it to see where it goes. But I just don't know at what point do I know, like, do I keep going with this or not? I was thinking about this, oh, that question over the weekend. And my thought was like, well, if I no longer am looking forward to like talking to him or seeing him, and I think that's a sign to me to take a step back. Mm-hmm. But open to your thoughts. All right. I'm going to offer you my dating <laughs> mantra, Lisa. <laughs> yes, this is my mantra with dating. Are you ready? Zero expectations. Stay as present as possible. Period. That is what I think like over and over and over again we can do in the realm of dating. And I think as I hear you say that, I want to offer like, Yes, you will know when you know you have the ability to continue to drop into how this feels to me right now versus projecting into the future what this might be, um, which is, you know, again, leaving this moment. So zero expectations. Can I be as present as possible? And also that last question that you asked, I think is actually a really spot on question to gauge for yourself. Like, do I still look forward to this? Um, you know, I used to ask something similar in my relationship when in the very beginning, like he was struggling with being present. And I would always say in this moment in my body, I am happy. I'm happy to be around you. I'm enjoying my time with you. I'm curious, like I'm enjoying getting to know you. And to me, that's enough in this moment to stay and, and be present, moment. right? It's like presence to be presence. It's like, that's enough of a reason. And so I actually love that that is what you put out there for yourself as kind of a, a flag, right? Or like a marker, because I think that's it. I think that's mindful dating. I think it's exactly what you're like, what does this look like? It looks like that. And so you have the answers, mm-hmm. like, you know what it looks like, you know what it feels like, you know what it sounds like. And so if this is your reminder, like you just said it, that is, that is mindful dating. Mm. 
you have yeah, the answers. I think I get frustrated too with the, having to take the time to figure out the answers on my own. Yeah. And sit with it and learn it. I think that's a, a new practice for me to have. I think what it is, is it's, it's more of a practice of you actually do know the answers, but your thinking gets in the way of you knowing the answers. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that, that as we wrap up, I want to remind you, like that is going to be your work. Get out of your head, get into your body. Um, you know, get out of the house. Like when you find yourself wrapped up in these very like cognitive places, um, shake it up, shake it up because in your body, you know, you have a knowing, um, mm-hmm. your head is telling you otherwise it gets just too loud and noisy. So I, I want mm-hmm. that to be kind of your, your practice as you move forward. Yep. Janae mm-hmm. agrees. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, Lisa, we really you. appreciate you. Yeah. Coming on and, and voicing this. Cause again, even just coming out of COVID, I know this is something that so many people are struggling with. So I think this is going to be really helpful for people and, you know, just email us, keep us posted. Let us know how you're doing. Of course. Thank you both so much. Okay. All right. Take care, Lisa. Hmm. Man, the number <laughs> of times I think that we use the term liminal space. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense though, right? Because people that are interested in having these conversations, doing this inner um, investigatory work, I think are often the people that we're talking to and um, often the people that can be a little impatient with themselves in the process, right? Like of when I am in the space of becoming, when I am not where I was, but I am not yet where I am feeling like I quote should be or where I'm striving to get to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's so much, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I have words for it yet, but I've been trying to articulate this concept of why it is that societally, and maybe it's not societally, it might be a global thing. I'm not sure, but why it is societally at least that we do not allow ourselves to be in that in-between I think it's a human thing, right? Like, I think there's a biological kind of component to that. Um, Like needing to know is is like a very human thing to do. Um, But I do feel like it's the same thing with death, right? Because when we talk about the liminal space, um, it is in that liminal space that there's actually a death of self. And then there's a rebirth of self. And there's so much about death, I think, so much larger um, that we are not okay with. We don't look at we're uncomfortable with it. We don't talk about it. We don't even acknowledge its reality. And I do think that it's all connected. Like I'm starting to wonder if part of that it's metaphorical death and physical death and all the death, like it just is something that we cannot tolerate. Um, Yeah. Well, and I think we've talked about this. I think that also is um, us transitioning from a collectivist culture to an individualistic culture and that we used to have elders and space holders and people that explain to us in the process of the of the liminal space this is what is happening to you right and anytime you're transitioning like even you know like think about like the midwives or the the people that hold space as you're transitioning out of this life um they are there for a very specific reason to um to help you to know that like what you're experiencing is okay, that you're going to be okay on the other side of it. But I think, you know, there is a very natural human response to something that is other than what I have known up to this point being like smacked in my face of like, I don't know how to tolerate the discomfort 
of the unknown, of the uncertainty, you know? And no one told me that it was going to be this hard. No one told me it was going to be this uncomfortable, which is speaking like to what you're saying about, we don't really have these platforms anymore to process these in community, you know, these feelings, these, this is comfort and community. Um, And so when you are on this path as a seeker, um, Mm. many times it can be a little lonely uh, because it's not really condoned at a societal level to be on this inner journey. So I think it's even more important that we continue to make um, space for these conversations and connect with other people that are in the process so that we know that we're not alone and it looks similar to their experience and it helps us move through that phase, that space in our life. Yeah, especially because we live in a society that is so obsessed with comparing our reality to other people's highlight reels, and everybody um, is in their own spaces of transition, their own struggles and evolution, but we're not talking about it. And, you know, I know that's like so much of why the two of us are like, let's talk about it. Let's be honest and hold space for one another because it does feel so isolating to feel like I'm the only one struggling through this thing called being human, you know? Right. So get into your body. Mm. That's all we can do. Get into your body, get out of your head and into your body. Yeah. You know? Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com